0: So, my loves, it is Lala Kent.
1: With Randall.
0: And if you guys have forgotten, this is the Give Them Lala with Randall podcast. We've taken a couple weeks off.
1: Yes, and we are glad to be back. I can tell you that. The The thing is, you know, we were going to come back last week and we didn't really know. We I actually don't think we were ready. We just didn't know. I I didn't know I, I didn't know how to I address couldn't
0: start I couldn't like sit in this room with a microphone in front of me and just fucking speak when I knew that there were things going on outside of this room that I could be a part of
1: well you went you went to a lot of protests I went to a couple but you were at a lot of them I mean and uh, and I just think it would have just been irresponsible of us to come back in here when we were still processing, when we were still having conversations, I, I definitely was having a lot, and I know you were. We've been doing a lot of listening and a lot of reflection, and yeah. we think the best thing for us to do is to continue uh, listening. I agree. Uh, so having said that, we are back today, and I am very excited about our guest because our guest is the amazing, insightful, incredibly talented and and friend of ours, I, I always say that long. I always say everybody's a fucking friend of ours, but too short, too short, too short.
0: Someone so. who I've been a fan of since I was a young kid living in Utah, turning up to his music.
1: And you've been and, asking. You've been you've been actually actually since I introduced you to Too Short. What about I don't know a year ago or something? I, yeah. You were asking when we get our podcast going. You got to get him on the air, and I was like, of course he'll come on. So. It's just really cool that, you know, he has become a friend, but at the same time, I think Too Short is, like in my age demographic, and I think, you know, with what is happening right now in the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, I just think he's going to have a lot to share with us, and for a, and a lot for us to learn from. And, you know, one thing I'm going to say, Lala. Say it. Is that I talk a lot.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I've done nothing but listen since I just introduced the reintroduced the podcast.
1: <laughs> Lala, I'm still talking.
0: I, I know. Okay, okay, keep going.
1: So, what I want to say. Can we
0: wrap it up? Really? <laughs> keep going. Say what you no, need to No, What I'm going
1: to say is that today I I really want to do a lot of listening, right? And I think it's important, even in my age, even at 49 years old, I think that this movement of black lives matter is it's just time for everybody to listen, no matter how you were raised or how diverse you are. You know, I, I consider myself really, and I mean this very diverse and, and, you know, and, um, a lot of the work that I've produced represents that, but that doesn't mean that that's, I there's can just, always
0: room for more education. Right. I've, Throughout these past couple of weeks, you know, I've gone to protests, I've purchased a lot of books, I've listened to my black friends and how they feel about this. And I just feel like what we have been doing is not enough. It's not enough to just have the conversation once. It's not enough to just go to a protest. Like we have to do better. Period.
1: We are seeing a lot of people being held accountable now, which I am so proud to see. I think it's the first time for me that I've seen an uprising in such a a unified way. I mean, it moves me when I'm watching these protests here in Los Angeles, and they've been I, amazing. Yeah, and just the, I mean, seeing people from ten years old with their parents up to you know ninety something years old. Tim, did you see that? There was a guy that. Couldn't make it to a protest, and I think they went to his house and they they brought him to the streets to because he wanted to be part of it. I mean, to see uh, amazing. It's amazing. I mean, it just shows you that you know I have no excuse. Nobody has an excuse to not participate. To I'm not sorry have if
0: Jennifer Lopez is getting her ass out there and protesting. You have no excuse. <laughs> All right. That and the cool is-
1: thing is, it's not just happening in the big cities. That's that's kind of what amazes me. There's like towns of. You know a couple thousand people yeah holding protests like on their main street just Amazing. holding signs and they're right. still out there showing their support and i think they uh, showing up I, I agree like but even in even in the valley of los angeles which we call the valley sherman oaks i was driving with my uh daughter and we came to the uh, sepulveda ventura corner and there was like 10 people on that corner even though the larger protests were happening in downtown and all that and my and my daughter said, oh, daddy, that's the Black Lives Matters protest. Like she knew but I've had the conversation and she's watched TV and we've talked about it. But I mean, for her to just recognize and she said, roll down the window and I roll down the window and they're and they're saying honk and just dad honk, let them know. And it was just it's just one of those moments that you're just so proud to be part of something that has so overdue. And I'm just so glad so many millions of people are being involved and not letting this just be a weekend thing or a weekday conversation. This is
0: every single day. I'm getting a message from one of my friends saying, this is the meeting spot tonight. We're protesting at this time. And it's like, it just gives me chills. I feel like I've supported this movement movement since it started, even before it started. I love the black community so, so much. And to see everything, I mean, we down, or uh, Hollywood had 20,000 protesters over yeah. the weekend.
1: It was huge. And
0: to think that this is this is going to be a part of history. Like when I have children or my grandbabies, I'm going to remember this time and be like, we did something. We yeah. did something.
1: Yep. And I think that, you know, now I'm ready to, you know, put a smile on people's faces, but also, you know, have the Well, how could
0: you not put a smile on someone's face when you tell them that too short is going to be on the podcast? And so today like I really just want to hone in on like where he started how he got his name too short Like where did that come from? I want to know it all he's worked with I mean he worked with Mac Dre the king of like let's get hyphy come on everybody. Let's all get down See now, you know the Bay Area
1: okay, Well, I consider myself very <laughs> educated in hip-hop. Yeah, uh, I do not know who Mac Dre is
0: I, I can't. I think
1: that's bad. First, I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to ask about I that's do like
0: bad. this. Put a look on your face like you smell some peace. You know, the thistle dance. You just gotta break it down. Break it down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: I I'm sorry, I saw you know, he he has had a a very amazing career and worked with artists that I grew up listening to. And I just want to pick his brain. I want him to mention it all. So please try to not talk a lot because I just want to hear too short through my headphones the entire time. (laughs) You should see the look on his face. He's eyeballing me hard. Look at him. He's like, I don't know if I can do this. (laughs) He can't even respond. He's speechless. Oh, baby.
1: For the first time. For
0: the first time ever.
1: Should I just go home now? (laughs)
0: no 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 I love I love you next to me okay I love it all right you guys when we come back we're gonna have too short I'm gonna have to show my baby some love I think I might have hurt his feelings
1: (laughs) you mean this time or like all (laughs) the time I have a lot
0: of making up to do we will be right back Hey, babes, we are back, and we have my boy, Too Short. What's up, Short? How you doing, life?
2: <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Good to see you guys. What's
1: up? No, we're glad we're really you're here. I'm really grateful
0: that you're here, man.
1: Last time I saw you, we were in the club. <laughs> Turning up. What, wait, how crazy is it in life, Short, that, that we went from having a club party to being locked down for three months so far? This is the first time we've had a guest here post-COVID, You know, even though COVID still exists. But- first time so that we're excited to have you here live with us and yeah yeah the,
2: the world has changed 2020 is is gonna be memorable
1: very much it's gonna go down in history um so i just want to start for people that don't know as much as we know obviously you're one of the biggest recording artists in the world one of the the greatest tell us i always like to start like from the beginning so how does it happen how do you get into music why do you get into music and what was the evolution to get you kind of to your spot when you had your first song released and started the blow up?
2: Well, it starts in um, elementary school as a uh, music student oh. and just always wanted to, um, we always had like instruments around our house, even though neither one of my parents were musicians, but we just had like, it would be a guitar there and some drums and some bongos and some, just stuff to like, I don't know, tambourine, just laying around us. <laughs> yeah, it was right. fun. And I, I would beat on those drums and I was, I, I, in my mind, I was a drummer.
1: So, um, I love it.
2: So the first chance I got, I enrolled in music classes, and I started learning how to play drums, and I ended up mar- being in a marching band for a couple of years. Oh, wow. And when I got to high school, 10th grade, Oakland, California, I was in the band, and that's when I first, probably like, you know, 8th, ninth grade, I was, I cut school a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> 10th grade is when I bravely ventured out, and I said, I'm just gonna take some time off and <laughs> I might go to school for a couple of classes and I'm I'm out of here. So wow! I, I was jumping the fence and and, and you were and, gone. and running the streets and just just wanted running with the bad kids for a while and uh, <laughs> and I I remember this very distinctively. The band teacher came over to me and he he had already you know praised my skills and you know I was I was talented and he and he said that his class was a privilege and that if I was gonna be cut in school that. After a certain amount of days, you get dropped from a class. He said, "If you get dropped from my class, you can never take my class again. I'm the only band teacher in the school. You can never do it again." Wow! And I got dropped. You did? And I, I will. I will admit it. I tried to play cool because when you know, <laughs> high school is like the band is kind of funny. You know, like you could be a cool guy <laughs> yeah. in the band, but it takes a lot. So, right? Well, I,
1: I got to tell you one thing. I, so, I was a theater kid. So, I understand. Sorry, yeah. Like, I wasn't cool like you. I was like what they call. I mean, they, they called me like a theater geek. But, you know, at the end of the day, I totally understand. I was like, I try to fit in the normal Because I'm already in with the crowd, but then- You're cool. you If cool. they find out I love bands- You're out. You're yeah. out. Right. Like, it'll be, be the butt of a lot of jokes. Like, so,
2: <laughs> so, the band guy told me I could never I could never play, play in the band again. And I remember 11th grade, 12th grade, just always seeing him going, like, really, like, in, in my inside, like, really, like, going, shit, I want to be in the band. Oh, like, that's, but, so, uh, that's really cute. But rap music came along. And right at the same t- right around the same time that love for music was replaced with me trying to um trying to be like the hip hop records, you know
0: wait so so hip hop didn't come into into play until you were about a starting high school. junior, okay.
2: I first heard rap music in ninth grade. Wait,
1: what year What year was this?
2: 1979. I was okay. in ninth grade. Okay. And what
0: did you was, hear for the first time? Ra-
2: Rapper's Delight was the first uh-huh. really rap song that I heard that was okay. on the radio. There were other songs before that, but Rapper's Delight was the one.
0: That was, that was, was the banger.
2: Yeah, it was like, you know, rotation on the radio. Uh, just wherever you went, you heard Rapper's Delight. So I just knew I could do it. In 1980, I went to 10th grade, and I just tried it one day. I just what? tried to put. I put this instrumental record on, like you know, twelve inch records used to have the yeah. Yeah, instrument yeah. on the flip side. I put the record on, and I did it. And That's just, it. And I just rapped, and I just, you know, from that point on, I would make little homemade raps. But I think that was the uh... that filled in that void of not being in the band because I still got that satisfaction. So
1: you start, you start doing your own, like basically raps or your own records, mm-hmm. and then you graduate. I mean, do you graduate high school?
2: I didn't graduate by choice. <laughs> Explain that. What does that mean? <laughs> I, I had a dream. Like I knew yeah. I, things were, you know, I was making money. I was doing stuff. And, yeah. And, okay, the high school graduation thing is, has to, a lot to do with me growing up in private school.
1: So okay.
2: I went to Catholic school most of my years, and, you know, pretty smart. Yeah. And I get to um, high school, and I go to public school. And they're guys. This is, you know, it's kind of like what we were talking about before we got on the air about just all the ills of the world. Right. Yeah. And one of them is the public school system in the inner cities. Yeah. And it's really something that I couldn't grasp at first. So I get to 10th grade and I'm 14, 15. And there are guys 14, 15 who can't read. Wow. Wow. But they they go to school every day and they have special classes. To help. Right. They call them remedial classes. and. And you can go to English, math, and you don't have to learn shit. You go to math class and they give you a calculator and all your work is plus, minus, and subtraction, and division. Oh, my God. And you get an A. Right. Wow. So so when I got to 12th grade, I was doing my fair share of fucking up.
0: (laughs) I love that. I was doing my fair share of fucking up.
1: So the fucking up (laughs) escalated, basically, from... I was keeping a chart of how
2: to graduate the right credits and you know oh you're working I was you're doing working. my fair share of fucking up I wasn't fucking all the way up right, but, right. You, but
1: you knew enough of how to get out of high school yeah I was I was maintaining okay. the D average on purpose it was pretty, pretty easy <laughs> yeah I was a D student without with trying. So, I, so that shows you how stupid I am. But okay, go ahead. So I got to 12th
2: grade, and everybody's getting all excited about being seniors and the, and the events you get to participate in. And I just, I didn't have any school spirit by 12th grade. I was like, I don't give a fuck if we win the next game. Or, I don't care about what's going on after school. I'm, you know, I just didn't care anymore. Yeah. Right. And I had a dream. I had but, a real, but at
1: this point, your dream is to be a, a rapper, rapper, musician, or a pimp. Or a pimp. Or a the, so it's one of the three. three. It's, Musician, God, rappers, kind of the same. It, it were all, or a it pimp.
2: They were all very <laughs> lucrative, very, very bright, and very lucrative. <laughs> so this is amazing. Um, I was just, I was so affected by my friends who we would, you know, newspapers were a big deal, and you like something would happen, he was like, let me get, let me read it, and then I had a lot, a lot of buddies who couldn't fucking read, and what my one buddy, he, I remember him saying to me, um, he was kind of like. Like rubbing it in that I didn't have the right credits to, and he was going. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, you ain't gonna be at graduation." Blah, blah, blah. "Yeah," and I'm like, "Dude, you can't even say the word.
0: <laughs> you Dude, keep you're... saying
2: graduation, <laughs> <laughs> and and you can't even read it. Like oh you can't even God. read it. It wasn't. It's funny, but it's not. No, funny. no, it's not funny and because the guys walk. They got their cap and gown. They got their diplomas. but they can't like, read a. But they can't like, read a book. I was like, I don't even want that shit. Fuck <laughs> that shit. I was like two credits short of. Of a diploma, I didn't want that shit. Even wow. and like go, accounts is like go. You get your GED, fuck all that shit. I'm about <laughs> right, to, I'm about to get money, <laughs>
0: dude. I love it. Now what happens?
2: so yeah so um, I mean I had a plan it, it never once in my mind like your parents put that fear in you it never once affected me you you that, weren't ever worried you like, knew this was not gonna work I'm like this shit sounds good this, they're gonna, I, I just knew it like you right. a lot of us in life say this when you ask us when you look back and go well what was the part where you, there was no curve that, I just knew right. you just
0: knew and you I knew what, that. that you would do whatever it took to get to that place
2: because everywhere I went every time I got on the mic at a party they loved it every time wow. I made a homemade tape they loved it I'm like Everybody loves this shit.
1: So what's the first moment now between 18 and, and 21 that it happens for you? I, on a professional, on a financial level, when does it happen and how? I got an opening slot on a big show that came through Oakland. And
2: it was probably like somewhere in the neighborhood about 7,000 in the crowd.
0: Wow, that's huge. That's a big crowd, that's and huge. I never
2: had a song on the radio. I never had a record deal. I never had a record. I never had anything.
0: Did you have to, like, audition for this spot? Or had no, someone no, the heard pr- you? The
2: promoter, the guy, who, his name was Lionel B, and he worked for Bill Graham. Bill Graham was a big promoter. And Lionel B did the urban stuff for um, Bill Graham, Bay Area Productions. And uh, he put me on the spot. He knew about me in the streets. He knew. And I got up there with no radio, no nothing, no contract, no nothing, and I wow. started rapping these songs that I would sell in the streets,
1: and the entire crowd knew all the words.
0: Shut up.
1: And it shocked me. They knew it, the word? Oh, so... Oh, so you were a big underground kind of Everybody was thing. in shock. They're like,
2: I got off stage and people were going, who the fuck are you?
0: Did you have any idea that you were so big in like the underground world? Or was, I like, probably, what was that moment, I probably Mike? caught
2: the bus to the show that day. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? But wait, so I on. borrowed the clothes that I was wearing. I wanted to look fly. I had to go borrow some clothes from- Oh my God, this brother, is so- cousin.
1: Yeah. You know, what happens after that moment?
2: So after that moment, I had already- um. I had the dream. The right. dream was real. Right. And a friend of mine who, um he was a drug dealer's little brother, a big-time drug dealer's little brother. And he played football. Not the drug dealer, but the little right. brother. <laughs> right. And the little brother, <laughs> <laughs> the oh,
1: little my God. brother we'll would come up, like, around. Give you two
2: hours. He was, he was the guy who'd come around and he'd have like the best, best weed. And he'd be driving. You
0: always want to be friends with that guy.
2: He'd be driving one of his brother's brand new cars. Oh, he was always balling out. And he'd out. just pull up on us and he'd be like, you know. I'm talking, like, we're, we're right out of high school. We're 18. Okay. And he's like, yeah, you want to smoke some of this weed? He's got the best fucking weed. And then he's, like, sprinkling a little cocaine across. And we're like, oh, this dude, shit. So he, he, he was the homie. We knew he was the little brother. We wasn't wow. giving him credit for that. He was our level, but he was the little brother who could do things. Right. And... He was doing the big willy on me. He's like, yeah, you know, my, my brother owned a label, man, and blah, blah, blah. His brother's the kind of guy who would ride by in a brand new Mercedes. It's like 1985. He might wave at you. you like, you know, you, you, yeah. you got an image. You got a certain yeah. perception of him. Yeah. So he said, I'm going to take you to introduce my brother. He got a label. And he takes me up there. And, you know, after a while, it didn't happen like right off the back. His brother treated us kind of shitty at first a little bit. He, oh, my He wouldn't let us in the door. <laughs> <laughs> And he like first couple of times. He's like, "Yeah, just come back, come back in twenty minutes." So finally, he let us in. Yeah, and he, you know, he showed me all his shit. He had all this equipment, and you know, all these fabulous people would come by and musicians and and professional sports players and all this stuff. And and he took me to the studio. And the shit, it just hit from from day one. Wow. It just it just worked. And I did three albums with they had a label called Seventy Five Girls, and this was the best experience. If I looked at it like my internship to the music industry, it was the best. Oh, really? Wow. It was the best. I mean, literally, like, I think I could have been a drug addict if it wasn't for that experience because wow. there were seasoned musicians and people who were around who were really addicted to, like, crack. Some wow. of them did heroin. It was, like, you know. Like
1: big musicians. Like, like, they like, were, like were I, I would never drop names when I tell no, this no, story no, no, because no.
2: it was literally people that played for all three sports teams, Oakland A's. The Warriors, and, oh my. and the uh, Raiders would stop by, and it was just you know, it was it was nuts. It, it was that lifestyle. So, so I got to see people just sit there and smoke coke and snort it, and I was snorting a lot of coke myself. And we would put the cocaine in the cigarettes, and it was just it was all free and shit. The studio sessions just to be drug laced, and it wow. was you know just everybody was just and but it was also like like I'm eighteen, and oh my god, when you're eighteen just getting out of high school. In high school, a lot of times, you know, the girls at your school date older guys. Right. And it was a lot of, like, the super fine ones. They don't mess with little boys.
0: (laughs) They want the grown men. So
2: here I am. I I instantly end up in this crew with these guys, these musicians and this big drug dealer, and we like, he, like, takes me under his wing. And all these chicks who, like, I know, who are, like, grown-ass, fine-ass chicks are coming over his house and, like, taking their pants off and just hanging out in their panties and because they, they, they want to get high and they want to kick it. Wow. And I'm just over there like a fly on the wall, you know, just kind of like just seeing how it all goes and player lifestyle and, you know, the girls in there dancing in their underwear and I'm like, you know, the guy's like one of my heroes. and, and
0: Right, like you were more of an observer at it, this it's point because like it was so was brand trained, new.
2: I was trained to find the things in that I liked like what to do and what not to do
0: okay it was
1: like it was like it was it's basically like your graduation your graduate yeah, school. I got to like, see
2: all that shit without actually touching it right, you, right.
1: Didn't, you didn't go down that rabbit's hole because you saw it all happening in front And
2: of I you. saw that the guy who got all the money he was the boss man I saw the guy who who <laughs> did all the work and just wanted to get high was you know riding around the up car and, right. and just coming over he was just he was, so his, his drugs were free but I'm like I don't want that life you know right right, right. <laughs> and it's it just uh it really Prepared me for the next thing I did, which was start my own company. Okay, so now what happens with that? How does so 75 that- Girls was 1985. I got out of high school 84. In 85 and 86, I was in an environment I was just describing. God, you 18, and 19 years old. I look back on it as a treasure because at the same time, all this stuff is going on. The yep. guy, the boss band, was running a independent label. And literally, he would go to the studio pay for the sessions. He would pay the musicians. He would pay the engineers. He would take it somewhere and get it all mixed down. He would take it somewhere else and have it all manufactured in cassettes and, wow. and records. Mm-hmm. And then he would um drive over to San Rafael, cross the bridge and drop it off to a distributor. Then he would take it to certain mom and pop stores that, that took product direct. And then he would wait a while and he'd go making rounds and he'd just pick up money and pick up checks. Wow. And, so he was just and, like
0: a one man show. Fucking. But the
2: whole way he's telling me I'm going over here. We're going to go over here and talk to George. We're going to stop by here. We're going to pick up this and you drop it on. He takes by. I'm just, I'm just learning everything.
1: Right. So, so, the, so you're basically getting an education of how Absolutely. to run a company, distribute your own product, go to the studio, release it, the and, whole thing. And, and the collect. the most important and part, collect. Pick up the fucking and money. Collect. Yes. Because a lot of people didn't know that part. Go get your fucking money. Right. Like, because
2: just because you put out a song
1: or put out an album doesn't mean you're going to
2: get paid. And a lot of artists when they're young, they don't even want the money. They're like, you know, that's my guy. My guy, he's got everything, you know. I'm on the radio. I'm yeah. on the radio. Find out seven years later, your guy is, is you know, he's, he's... Took all your
1: money. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I got, that was another lovely thing that... um That you love. Everything I ever did in business since that little experience yeah. was, I don't care who we're partners with, what we're doing, I'm on the bank accounts. I'm The money does not come to anybody. It comes to either us or me. It doesn't, right, doesn't go three other parties. Uh, yeah, that you're not you going to tell me the accountant and show me a piece of paper. We're not, we're not doing it.
1: By the way, my, my dad taught me as, as a kid when I was starting my production company 23 years ago, he said, always be the signer. Don't mm-hmm. let anybody else sign no matter what. That's and right. I took that to heart. And I even told you that, Law. Like You always want to be signing your own stuff. It doesn't even matter if it's a... Oh, specialty.
0: no one's signing or doing anything on my behalf. I freak out if I lose a dollar. I
1: pick up pennies
2: to this day. By the way, I don't. I don't really collect anything. I, I, just, <laughs> I just. I just. <laughs> if
1: I drop it, I'm up. Oh, if you. Yeah, by the way, I respect, <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. By the way, if you want to talk about the cheapest person on the planet, it is my fiance. Okay. <laughs> I know
0: people said I came she's for got, Randall for his money. No, I. I'm a no, stingy motherfucker. she makes a lot of money. She
1: just keeps it all to herself. No, selfless. I like it all no, to was, myself. Short. I got to
0: know real quick. When did you? Uh, Get the name too short. Was that something you chose for yourself? Did someone well, give my that real name to is
1: Todd,
2: and when I got to high school, I didn't have a nickname. And my brother was my brother was two grades ahead of me, so I get to tenth grade. He's in twelfth grade, and they're like the seniors of the school. And he and I kind of the first thing I did when I got to school was kind of clicked up with them a little bit because they're already established crew, and I right. I'm going to a high school where I didn't really know anybody. And they I remember, I remember clear as day, we're sitting around. And they go, well, shit, we damn sure not gonna call you Todd. So, <laughs> and they start; these these are older guys, right? They start throwing all these names out, like they gonna call me. Nah, that ain't working. That ain't working. That ain't working. And then this dude came up, who everybody knew his name was Shorty. And he walks up to the group of people while the joke is on, and he's a little bit taller than me. And they're like, "Damn, you you can't even name you, you you shorter than Shorty?" Like, and somebody said, you just fucking short. <laughs> So oh my. my name was never too short. My name was always short because there was a dude named oh. Shorty that was taller than me. So my name was short. Got it. And I hated that shit. I,
1: and I hated that shit. <laughs> that name has done well for you though.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> it just, and it was just, it was a joke. Like short was always a fucking joke with him. And, <laughs> and then I flipped it on him one day. Um, we went to see this movie called Penitentiary, and the lead character, his name was Too Sweet, and he was in jail and he was boxing in jail, but they would let him out of jail to go get pussy, and everybody he fought, he beat their ass. He was the hero of the movie. Yeah. So one day I was talking to this bum, a homeless guy, and I always hung out with my brother and them, and they, they left me, they went in the party. I was, I was too little to go in the party, so I'm, it's probably like a Friday night, and I'm <laughs> hanging out of this party for two, three hours talking to this homeless guy. Yeah. Because my brother didn't let me go in the party, but I'm my mother right My outside. mother probably like, well, if you want to go, you got to take him. So it was that type of thing. Oh, my God. I didn't mind. So I'm hanging outside. I'm asking this. I used to always ask homeless people questions. I still do. Really? Just how was life, you know, what oh, happened. I you think know, that's just,
0: really sweet, Short. You, you that's get, nice.
1: No, you get a lot of information. Yeah, of course. they've of been
0: through some shit. Well, yeah.
1: I went to school, Performing <laughs> Arts High School in Miami in downtown, mm-hmm. and it was filled I with homeless people. And I used to have conversations. I used yeah. to, you know, when I... Here are things I maybe not as a depth, but I definitely always was open minded. No, I can see it in it's,
0: Short's eyes. He gives a damn about. I was, people's saying, stories. I was gonna say
1: it's cool to give a fuck. It's cool.
0: Yeah, I know yeah. you give a lot of fucks. I can tell by his eyes.
2: Okay, so I told the, my I, eyes? the homeless guy asked me what my name was, and I didn't want to say Todd. So, and I didn't want to say Short. I didn't have shit to say. So nah. I thought of the movie. with too sweet, and I thought of the, the joke was short, and I said, "Yeah, my name is too short," oh. and, and that's how. Yeah, and so um. He kind of uh, when when my brother name came out the party, he kind of was like saying, "All right, all right, you know, like we like we homies and we saying goodbye." Yeah. yeah. And he yelled out my name, and then it just it it's just took off. It just took off like he 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 called me too short in front of them, and they were like, "That's that's it." And he said it kind of cool like too, so it put a little swag on yeah. it. Yeah.
0: And it then definitely I, got some swag. Auto-patch. So then I started
2: rapping. I started rapping. I'm like, I'm too short. I was, it was initially sir too short. Oh, I like I went to the mall one day, I got me a hat. It was a black hat with gold letters. It said Sir Too Short. I went and when got the jacket to match with the Sir Too short on oh the God. back.
1: You're so bad. I put a
2: You're badass. I put international on this sleeve and player on that sleeve. And I was instantly too short the internet. That that player.
0: homeless man single handedly put you in the direction yeah, of, he, he, <laughs> yeah. of oh, like the being oh, the of being too, short. The too we, short. We
2: killed the joke that day. It was no,
1: it was never, the joke, no. the joke, joke was, was over. Yeah. From that day on, international superstar. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna take a quick break because we have a lot more to talk about uh, and we'll be right back with Too Short. Sir Too Short. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, y'all. We are back, and we have two short. He is talking to us about the good old days. I like. I feel like I'm sitting here cheesing because, like, you're a great storyteller, short. Yeah,
1: really good. I could
0: listen to you for it's hours. A, it's been a good life.
1: <laughs> it's been a great
0: life. I, I can tell.
1: I just want to ask a question. So, and I don't know if this is factual, but people say that you're likely the only rapper to have recorded with both Tupac, Big, and Jay Z. I mean, I just want to have a story to the greatness of of your ability mixing with their ability just something. Well, I Is
2: thought that- there's um there's a combination of artists there's a lot of artists who have a combination of you know two or the three or whatever right. but no I've been on I was on two Biggie albums and two Jay-Z albums so Oh, shit. I don't think anybody's done that and then also, you know, during the during the so-called East Coast West Coast beef and all yeah. that stuff I was neutral. I was kind of like I lived in Atlanta at the time and you couldn't bring that to me. Like it just, it wasn't. I was not a part of that thing because I had a lot of friends in Atlanta, a lot of friends in New York, a lot of friends in L.A., and a lot of friends at Row, and a lot of friends at Bad Boy. Oh, so you were in and every.
1: You were part of everything. Like your you know, your, your, yeah, your I
2: relationships. Was, I was were. really cool with Tupac, Snoop Dogg, and Shug Knight. I was really, really cool with uh, Notorious Big and Puff Daddy and wow. Big's crew. And it was just a thing. Like um, if you were positioned properly at the time, that thing was between them. Right. And then other people started going, man, I ride with Tupac, man, I ride with big. I'm East Coast, <laughs> I'm West Coast. But if you were positioned properly like I was with the bosses and, you know, as well as with the artists, you're like, right? don't bring I'm not in your politics. Right. I'm from I'm, I'm from Oakland. We ain't
1: <laughs> we, 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 we don't have it. Right. Yeah, we Bay Area. We're not East Or West. We Bay.
0: So, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how we played it. How was what what's I mean do you have a story from Tupac you'd share that was like special or I mean these are legends obviously to all of us sitting here well, listening but. I'm older than all these guys I'm I'm the big homie like I'm really? like, I'm like platinum
2: millions of records sold before any of these guys get in the game
1: Oh shit So you know I didn't before, know
2: that before Jay-Z before Big before Snoop and Pac I'm I'm
1: platinum I'm out there already <laughs> right. These, right. Guys, these guys literally grew up listening to Tupac like literally
0: that's like, crazy. Oh,
1: so you were like the godfather to them as they were coming up, meaning they looked up to you. And uh, I mean, as, a, I, as an artist, yeah, you know, I can mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. I had the success.
2: But Tupac was really good friends with um, people that I worked with. I worked with a, a guitar player named Shorty B. He also worked with Digital Underground. Okay. I worked with a keyboard player named Pee Wee, and he also worked with Digital Underground. Okay. So Digital Underground is a very funky band that made the Humpty Dance yeah. and songs like that. Yeah. And the leader of the band was a musician, he was a keyboard player. And we did a lot of stuff together, our cliques were really close. I knew the management, excuse me, I knew the DJ. I knew, yeah. You know, we were close. Yeah. You can go back and look at a, a DVD, it sounds funny to say, but I know, <laughs> I know, it's like, I did a thing called uh, Short Dogs in the House, named after one of my albums. We used to always have like a little video, Thing to go concert or whatever to go with the album. And I didn't notice it till years later, but Tupac's like a little guy in the background, just like dancing and kicking. And he's, you know, Shock G is the leader of Digital Underground. He was hosting my party. So he's going around a microphone interviewing people. And Tupac was like, you know, his little homie. And we wow. were always close like that. So wait,
0: how can we see this? How can I see this? It's called Short Dogs in the House. It's probably on, and YouTube, it, YouTube, on, on YouTube, YouTube or something like that. I have to see this.
2: So um, Tupac would come around. He'd be around at times. Before he was really, really famous, he'd be around because he used to hang out with Richie Rich, which is another one of my homies. Right. And Richie Rich was like his kind of Oakland mentor, so to speak, like his big homie from Oakland that took him around and, you know, and got him accepted. Because if you go back and look at those videos, Brenda's Got a Baby and When My Homies Called, like the video When My Homies Called, that's probably Tupac's first video before oh, Brenda's Got a Baby. okay. Yeah. That's He's in the car. That's Richie Rich. Oh. That's Richie Rich's car. That's you know, that's the that's the homie. So Richie Rich is my homie, homie. And Tupac will come around. He'd be like the little homie. Not you know. I,
1: that's I'm, crazy.
2: I'm like short dog. So I can't, I can't really. Tupac for every time he ever appeared on a song, it was the shit. So I'm a fan from day one. Right. Brenda's got a baby. He's very prolific. He's a young cat, and he's saying these things, that are big. Big things to say. Yeah. You know, talking about teenage pregnancy. Yeah. And then he does interviews, and in his interviews, he's a voice. He's, like, really speaking on unjust things, like, from the start. Yeah. So, I'm admirer, an admirer of his from the start, but when he right. comes
1: around, I can't tell him that. Right. Yeah. Right. You're okay. like, he's, he's like, one of the greatest poets ever, he's like, yeah, but you're up? not going
2: to... Yeah, I'm like, what's up, homie? You know, so we had that kind of relationship where we uh, ended up on a few songs together because we right. hung out in the same circles, and we'd, we'd get around each other. We would never... He's one of those guys that I I do it with Snoop too. When I hang around those kind of guys, I kinda of fade away <laughs> because they're so fucking popular and so famous and so magnetic that they get all the attention. And I love it because I'm I'm I never wanted to be famous. So real? when I get around those real famous guys, I kinda of like just
1: you're pretty famous, so I, I'm having a hard time with this conversation. I know, but I didn't want to be. Right. Oh, meaning, meaning, I didn't right, want to so be face
2: recognized. You just too wanted much, to like focus much, on the art.
0: Yeah. like but you and just and kind of
2: pull back. So I, like get, I get around guys like that, and I just like, take it all. <laughs> just, I'm cool with that. So it was it was that kind of thing. We would all get it. around each other, and I wouldn't I wouldn't try to be the loud guy in the room, right? Or the or the, the you know the one with all the glow. So I, wow. And wow. those guys, those guys, like Tupac, would take over a room. If he came in a room, he'd take over. Big, same thing with Big. He just, they just big had personality, big right? Yeah.
1: I, I didn't know either of them. And, and
2: Jay Z's on the quiet side. He doesn't. He doesn't really do a lot of loud
1: shit talking. I met him, and he seemed really, really quiet Jay-Z? and mellow. Yeah, like he, for, he's, he's very calculated. He's <laughs> very calculated. Good one. He's not.
0: He's observing the room. But when they
2: when they depict Tupac in movies, it kind of bothers me because um, I saw him quite often in my life, and he never was the same person twice. Like, he never was. He wasn't like, Tupac, Tupac, I'm not, he not, Right. I probably saw him like that once or twice, maybe. A lot of times he'd come up and he'd be very introspective or in, a, in an intelligent mood, or he'd be militant, or he'd be, you know, gangster, or he'd just be quiet. He'd be smoking a cigarette and drinking some Hennessy. Like, he was, he was never this person who oh, I know how Tupac is. Like, you couldn't, I don't Because
0: it was just always different.
2: He was a very multi- Faceted person. He's just yeah. yeah, Listen to his music. One minute he's saying, "Oh, you know, hold, just keep my sisters up, hold your head up." Next minute, he's saying, "Bitch, suck my dick." Like,
0: right, <laughs> right? Yeah. The next minute, he's saying, "I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker." You just fucking. never.
2: What was the last time you hung out with him? I saw Tupac the night he got shot in Vegas. No, and uh, I mean we were all went at the fight. He we went to the fight. Okay, and, uh, we stayed at that same hotel, the Luxor, and they were um. They had probably gotten to the altercation at the thing and went back to the hotel and we bumped into them on their way to the club. They said they had to they weren't wearing the clothes that they got shot in. They were wearing different clothes. Okay. So go back and change. And they said we're gonna go by Suge's house, change, and then go to the party. Come to come up to the club. It's you know, he's like it's gonna be open mic. Everybody getting on the mic tonight. So, you know, we figured it'd be one of those nights where DJ's spinning Different people's tracks, yeah. and we all rocking the crowd. And it's not the club wasn't that big, and we god. just probably it would have been the shit.
1: Oh my god! And it, it never happened. Wow, that's fucking <laughs> epic, God, dude. So yeah, I, that was. So you were there. I mean, you were there hours before this last time. I mean, probably about a not two hours later, we heard about the shooting. Oh my god! And and not to you know harp, but I mean, I know that moment changed the world for everybody, and and obviously what's going on today, we'll we'll get into, but that that moment when you heard where were you when you heard it Were you in the club or were you we at the were house? on
2: our way to the club and the word ran around pretty quick and, and even the um crime scenes you know like it was all it was there. A, that whole intersection was a big deal but wow. but it was um you know there was there was a buzz in the air that night that that it was going to be some friction cuz
0: oh I, really
2: I would, I'm wondering like, was it a, from the time of the fight until the time of the shooting, it could have been like two, three hours or something, somewhere in there. And it was in the air. It was like, death row got into it with some cribs and blah, blah, blah. So it was, people who were saying, it's
1: probably gonna be a thing at the club. Oh, oh no. so you knew, you knew there was something gonna happen, but nobody expected this, right? It was just like, and, be th- and I mean, we we're still going to the club. It, <laughs> uh, <it's, you laughs> wow. Know? Wow. And, um, you know yeah. I mean,
2: my my whole theory back then was like you go to a place where you think it might be some violence. I'm like, shit, it's gonna be thousands people there a bullet ain't gonna hit me. Wow, that was my theory
1: oh well let me let me uh pivot here for a second uh you know I, I you know you've been a friend, you've showed up for us and you've uh performed for us when you didn't have to you know and and we're very generous um you know, and I think that now the last week what we've all been through with you know, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, you know, obviously has changed the world. You know, I, I, I hope for the better. And, uh, and I hope a lot of people uh, open their eyes, you know, to things that, you know, we're artists. We were talking about it before, mm-hmm. you know, as artists, you know, you grow up and you don't see the things that maybe other people, uh, how, how other people treat each other. Because we work with everybody, you know, whether you're black, white. Uh, purple, green, female, male, gay, straight—it doesn't matter. It's a, at least the way I was raised and grew up in the arts. But today, you know, but that's not the world everywhere else. You were telling me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you were just saying how that's one percent, you know, of. of
2: LA, world. La is a different a different thing when Universe. it comes to when
1: you specifically specifically
2: talking about Hollywood and being on video sets and TV sets and movie sets and right. in the offices that run. Production companies and it's it's very very diverse in Hollywood right. in all aspects of, of from the highest to the lowest as far as
1: directors and it's producers mixed.
2: and, and every, every, all the, the casting whole, directors you never know right,
1: right. it doesn't it, it, but but then you go outside the rest of the the country and the world mm-hmm. and that doesn't exist and so now here we are today you know with the protests going on and the, I think you know I don't even know if the how the numbers compare to other. Big, but to me, it feels like the world is going to have to wake up, right? I mean, they're going to have to wake up and and and, and well, make change. We're
2: going to keep doing the same thing, and th- if we don't do t- something different, we're gonna, it's going to be the same thing. And the same thing is, it always comes to a point where we go, "Oh my God, let's discuss this," right? And we come with all these solutions, and it just seems and it to
0: kind of fades away. Are you saying?
2: Yeah, it just you know because this has been serious for about this has been a serious. Okay, we'll fix it for about ten plus years, right? Right. Like seriously, like cops are unjustly choking people out. That right. was that's been a thing. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to go away. <laughs> like it, it just. And to me, it's like a cycle. Yeah, to me, you know, I'm 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 54, and I came up at a time where in Oakland, California, where as a young black man, we got harassed. Like harassment was not. Unjust, it was the norm, right? You know what I mean? It was like, it's not, it's not like, oh man, I just got handcuffed on the way over here. And somebody would be like, and I got handcuffed yesterday, like, you know, it's,
0: right? It's like, just, it was, it was, it was normal, wow.
2: That's, you know, and then, you know, in recent years, when in New York with the stop and frisk, it's it didn't have to have a name, it was always stop and frisk, it was always, um, a fear of. When you get, when you're in your car and you get pulled over, you have to get out the car to get searched. And it's always that fear while they're searching your car. Like, I, there's nothing in my car, but I've heard from so many people that they come out with this bag and go, Hey, what's this? And you're like, It's not right. mine. Yeah. Like, this shit happens. Um, it's just, you, you have this fear of, you don't have fear of white people. You don't have fear of society.
1: You have fear of police. Right. 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 And it's like, This guy could fuck my day up. Well, I, I want to tell you something. It's uh, you know, growing up in the arts like you, and and being in such a diverse universe my whole life, I, I you know it exists. You know that the world, some of the world, is stuck in a time warp, and I'm glad that 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 we're going to wake up the world that is still sleeping. What I think that shocked me, even somebody who's 49 years old and has been around uh, for a long time. When that police officer sat on his neck for eight plus minutes, I don't I I can't even comprehend that mentally. I I can't even get my I still think about it. I listen to the words that he was saying. How the fuck could this happen?
2: He got it out pretty clear. I can't breathe. Right. Right. right, right. I can't breathe. Along with a
0: bunch of other people that were standing in a position telling him that something is happening and to stop. And it's. The video is horrific, and yeah. I, I want to know that when, when you were a child, did your mom ever have to have those conversations with you?
2: Well, there's a thing um, that's sort of like um, in the context of the Willie Lynch letter, whatever, the, you know, the Willie Lynch the thing is where you don't have to be the slave. You don't have to discipline him. You just have to convince his mother. That if you don't control him, I'm gonna kill him. So, you know, my mother didn't have to say these are the rules of you as a little black kid going out in the world. This is what you do. Like the fear is instilled from day one. Wow! It's like if you know, it's this this fear. Like, like from I can remember from the 70s, being a little kid. Like you, the fucking police. Like you, yeah. you they come down the block and you don't go, "Hi,
1: Mr. Officer." You, wow! You don't but, feel safe. Yeah, you like that's.
2: That's almost like that's the enemy, that's right?
1: the enemy, yeah. But that, that, and that, and that's that's disgusting to me that that's how it it's is. It's been that way, no. And, and I, and, and I think that this, you know, with what's going on, I think even somebody like myself who has been isolated in a very open world, uh, now is starting to see things that I didn't even see the conversation, even for me, hearing things like this. It's just it's just disgusting on every level, and 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 it out and and I, I'm I'm happy the world is standing up. So the, the argument about the police and their
2: authority and abusing it has a lot of layers, and I think that's something very important. Is that a lot of the reason why the police are needed in high crime areas, inner cities, is because of conditions that were created, not. Things that just happen, right. like right. you take away opportunities, or you don't even give opportunities, and this is what you get: Wait, you know what zero I mean? opportunity.
1: Like it, there's, this is what some places there's no opportunity.
2: If you go send a, if you're gonna send a kid to kindergarten and not teach him shit, what do you think he's gonna be in fifteen years? I'm just saying, what the fuck are you gonna get? You're yeah. gonna get nothing in right. return. So it's not it's not the people by a whole. It's it's definitely the system. It's definitely that you're not giving a certain a certain group of people. A chance, and yeah. and then you don't want to give him a chance because you you're um, biased against him because of race or color or, or religion yeah. or something. And then you, the, the, this goes. This is not just black white in America. This is every religion dispute, every race or neighboring country dispute all over the world. It's the same fucking idiot shit everywhere. It, you when you get to the root of it, like why do you hate your next door neighbor, like.
1: No fucking reason,
0: <laughs> right? There is no fucking reason.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I really, you know, having uh, watched, you know, I'm an optimist. I've always been. Some people are pessimists, but I'm an optimist, and I feel like this is something that was long overdue. And mm-hmm. and and I do pray and hope and will fight for you know that change. So, that, and I don't mean it just in some politically correct bullshit, because you know me and you know my work and what i've done and i just i just think that other people have to you know change i mean the world has to change and there are people who you know may, you know have changed for decades but there are too many people that are stuck in their ways and i i really hope the black lives matter movement the protesting the standing up the blocking off streets the 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 the, the, the education that i think people that were so uneducated because they lived in a bubble, maybe, and I pray that this will move the the, the thinking forward and, and change. I mean, I mean real change, not just.
0: Well, short, you're you're a, a mentor at Youth Uprising.
1: I was for a while. You that were, was, that,
0: and what did what did that entail well, when you I, were doing that?
2: There was a um, there is a place in Oakland called Youth Uprising that uh, was built in the neighborhood. Okay. In the you know, right next to a high school, and it was just so that um, kids, I think it was the ages were like 12 to 18, 19, somewhere like that. Yeah. I can't remember the age group now, but they were allowed to come there and participate in a lot of things. Which You know, a lot of cities have this, but... Of course. But I like that place because it focused on a lot of things artistic. It was it had a lot to do with um, music and dance and... So you felt like
0: you were a part of something instead of after school, you know, you going and getting into trouble. You had a place where you could go and focus on music. Or
2: I was just, you know, I just wanted to be a part of the solution and not so much as I I looked into um, what they do. Like a lot of people, people go get these grants and all this stuff, and they do it in the name of the kids. And we're going to have these programs and stuff. But they, to me, I looked at a lot of stuff, and I'm like, you're not really impacting the kids. Firsthand, so right. I wanted to be a part of something where I interacted with them. I literally made music with them. I literally, you know, they put on shows, and I even, you know, took some of them out to do shows to perform on stage with me. Wow! And and if you look at um, E40's videos, most of those kids that do the dancing are from Youth Uprising. Like wow! Like we, you know, a lot of them, you know, grew up into society to do stuff with their talents that they learned at Youth Uprising. So wow, that's it amazing. continues to this day. And I, I applaud all places like that that, you know, just give inner city kids opportunity to play sports, to make music, to do something other than just go home and do nothing, like, you know. And I had a, a, the one thing that, that touched me at Youth Uprising that I'll never forget is a kid, a little kid, asked me, did I know where he could buy a gun? And, you know, I didn't want to, like, go tell on him or scold him. So I asked him. Why? Like, why you need a gun? He was like, well, I live on such and such street. And he said, the guys that I got to walk past on my way home are enemies with the guys that I live by. And he's like, the guys that I live by don't like me because I don't want to be a part of what they're doing. He's like, so it's dangerous to go home. Like from right. school to home, he's uh, is playing with his life. Wow. And he's like, I just, I just need a gun to get home.
0: And what what did what do you even say to something like
2: that? Well, so what Youth Uprising would do is Youth Uprising had guys that worked there who were, you know, ex street guys. Okay. And these guys would find out about situations like that, and they would go talk to all parties involved. They would talk to the guys who are both the enemy sides, and they say, "Look, you guys are enemies. I ain't trying to get in your business. it's dumb what you're doing. But right. there's a little guy who's got to walk home from school every day. He don't want to be your enemy. Can you guys not fuck with him?" Oh. and it works sometimes.
0: It works sometimes. and
2: it works, and they go, okay, we seen a little homie. We thought he was with them, and then you get it all clarified, and, and just leave him alone. Man. He wants to be a good kid, and a lot of times, bad kids will allow a good kid to be good. They'll allow you to play sports. They'll allow yeah. you to be a uh, excellent academic. So they're like, he's not one of us. Take care of him. He might make it out of here. They understand. Okay.
1: And- I, I just want to say, because we're, we're basically out of time. I want to okay. know anything that you have coming up that, you, that I need to know about, because I know you... Do if you
2: ever want to hear some good music.
1: Yeah. Always. Yes.
0: Always Too Short. Drop I it.
1: Go to Spotify. I
2: do a weekly playlist. It's called Trunk Tuesdays. Trunk oh, every-
0: Tuesdays. Oh, I like
2: this. And I keep it like 100 songs in rotation. A lot of it is new Too Short stuff. A lot of it is just... Uh, it's the stuff... You know, the trunk is... You know, I got woofers in the trunk of my car. and it's yeah. the Oh, stuff, that's dope. It's the shit that I ride to, so... I've been introducing a lot of my new music on there. It's something I just started probably like a month ago. So okay. just now growing it. Trunk Tuesdays and, on Spotify. Yeah, and it's it's about new artists I'm working with,
1: new artists that I'm supporting, and I'm you know just trying to help, just help the, the industry, you know. So so everybody listening on this podcast, all hundred thousand of you, go to Trunk Tuesdays on Spotify. I'm not playing because this is one of the greatest artists, and I'm going to
0: hustle my way into two shorts, uh, uh, Trunk Tuesday playlist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right.
0: Dude, sure. It was truly a pleasure to have so you could. on. We're so grateful.
1: Yeah, thank, thank you for everything. Thanks, David Weintraub. Oh, thank David, you,
0: Weintraub, for making Wintraub it happen.
1: Always taking always care of us. Always coming through. I love you guys. All right, thanks, guys.